This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome, everybody. It is The Bullpen with Adam the Bull brought to you by Bet Rivers on today's podcast. I've got some words for another member of the media. Plus, the coverage of football. Is it out of control as I spend the next 20, 30, 40, whatever minutes talking about football? That's all coming up on today's edition of The Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. The NFL's become a monster. I've talked about this before. We have done it to ourselves. You know, I get frustrated when people overanalyze the preseason. See, pre the the whole lead up to the to the start of the regular season in two weeks here, three weeks, uh is is a it's a process and people hate that word. It's it's a puzzle, okay? And the preseason games are part of that puzzle. Now we as media members as fans we don't get to see the whole puzzle we only get to see a couple of pieces and the closer you are to the team the more pieces you get to see right the head coach sees all the pieces uh most of the coaching staff sees at least most of the pieces if not all uh the players same thing but as you go further down the line you see less and less pieces even you know in the media right the beat reporters who cover the team they see more pieces a lot of times they think they see the all all the pieces which they don't I was going to scratch the inside of my nose just now, but I forgot that I'm now on YouTube. So then you know, I don't need people saying a minute into his podcast, Adam was picking his nose. And I, you know, I got to do one of those instead, which is kind of gross, but you know, better than picking my nose, I guess. Anyway. Um, so the beat reporters, they have more access. They see more pieces than I do as someone who covers the Browns or covers the NFL or, or whoever, whatever team I'm covering. Right. And then as fans, you have even less access, but but not much less than most of us in the media. In reality, uh, we have maybe know some people that, uh, you know, but there are fans who have connections too. Uh, I'm friends with a guy here in Cleveland who knows somebody in the Browns front office, right? He gets info all the time. He shares it with me. I'm getting it from him. And he's not in the media. He's just a regular Joe. But none of us, if we're not on the team, have the entire puzzle. So because the NFL is so big, because all these entities need so much to talk about, and there are a lot of places they're not creative enough to come up with their own conversation, they've got to turn preseason into more than it is. But what smart people realize is it's just a piece of the puzzle. Uh, if a if a if a player who is a rookie or a player who is a back end of the roster guy is playing great 
against players who are third stringers, you have to take that into account as part of the puzzle. I'm not saying it's completely meaningless. It is. It has meaning. But for us, it's meaningless. But we convince ourselves that it's meaningful when it's not. We don't see the rest of the puzzle. We don't see the rest of the picture. We don't know what that player is doing in the classroom when it comes to studying. We don't know what that player is doing on the practice field. We don't know what that guy's doing on his personal time. We don't, know, we don't have the rest of the picture. And that's the problem. If a guy throws 10 nice passes in a preseason game, for example, here in Cleveland, uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, fifth-round pick out of UCLA. He's had a magnificent preseason so far. Played very well in the first two games. He started their third preseason game last night against Philadelphia. He again played very well, right? And so a lot of people here are like, well, why don't they just, the Browns just make him the backup quarterback and and get rid of their their current backup quarterback? And and and, and maybe, and, and, I, and listen, in the long term, that is the plan. The plan is that Dorian Thompson-Robinson, by next year, will be the backup. That's why they drafted him in the fifth round, as a backup, and who knows? You never know down the line. He's a, he played a lot at co- in college. But Joshua Dobbs, who hasn't played a ton in the NFL, is a veteran in the league, and they brought him back for a reason, because they don't want Dorian Ro- Thompson-Robinson to play in his rookie year. Uh, and, because in a situation where he'd have to come into play, it'd be, it means Deshaun Watson got hurt. And, you know, that's not good. They want to have the steady veteran influence of Joshua Dobbs. Now, Dorian Thompson-Robinson's played better in the preseason, but he's also played against weaker competition. That's the reality. He has played against third stringers. Even though he started last night against Philadelphia, he might have played against some second stringers. But they didn't use their starters because the Browns and, and the Eagles practiced against each other this week. So none of the starters for either team played. And I don't say that to diminish what Demo- Dorian Thompson Robinson has done in the preseason. He's done a great job. I don't. It's not to diminish it. It's to put it in its proper perspective, as a part of the piece and not the puzzle. It's really that simple. And if you keep it in that perspective, you realize that you can't make sweeping judgments on roster spots based solely on what you see in preseason games. That doesn't make any sense. If you owned a business. And you were trying to decide you had two people up for promotion. Two people you were considering making the, uh, the manager of your business, right? You, you, you own a store. And you have two employees that have been with you a long time. They've worked hard. They've been good employees. They're always on time. And you have to decide which of the two, uh, your, your manager left, and which one of these two is going to be your new manager. Well, if you want to make that decision, you're not going to make, let, let's say you as the owner of the store, you're only there twice a week. The manager, you, you if you're a good owner, you're a good boss, you hire good people and allow them to do their job. You don't overmanage. That's how I see it. That's the problem with owners that have meddled too much. That's why, that's why the meddling owners are never any good in, the, in sports across the board. The good owners hire people they trust and allow them to do their job. That doesn't mean they have no oversight at all. There's a long way between no oversight and in everybody's business all the time. 
Okay, so you own a, a a store. Let's say you own a let's say you own a restaurant, and you know these two employees, but you don't you don't know the full picture because the manager was the one that originally brought them in because you hired the manager, you hired a good manager, you allowed him to do his, his job and hire the rest of the staff, but you have to hire the manager because there's there's nobody between the manager and you, so that's your job as the owner, right? And so these two employees, you know a little about them. You see them when you're in the store two days a week, but you don't have the full picture. If you just made the decision between those two employees based on the 10% or 20% of information you had, you would not be doing a good job. Who would do that? Now, bad owners would do that. Stupid people do that. But a good owner, a good boss would say, well, I need the full picture. I only have a piece of the puzzle. And that's the same thing here. Decisions by football teams on good football teams are made with the whole picture. Bad football teams say uh, they have they have owners that come in like Jimmy Haslam and other bad owners, and ho- and, some, and hopefully as an organization you can overcome a bad owner, or the owner will will smarten up eventually. Um, but an owner like Jimmy Haslam would come and say, "Man, gosh darn it, I saw that guy throwing some good passes." I saw him throwing good passes on the television. I think he should be our starter now. And that's what losing organizations do. Smart organizations, smart run businesses, look at the whole picture, not just a piece of the puzzle. Next thing I want to get to, and I'm really tired of this. I got to talk about this Deshaun Watson situation. So, Let me start by saying that I'm I'm not interested in adjudicating what he did off the field. We have everybody that pays any attention to football knows about what, what happened, right? Uh, some people have more details, more information, more pieces of the puzzle than others. None of us have all the piece, puzzle pieces. What we know publicly, we've already, t- everybody's taken their side. I'm not trying to talk, I, I'm not... I'm not defending Deshaun Watson. I'm not trying to tell you you got to love him. I'm not I'm not interested in any of that. But it's stuff like this that drives me crazy. And I want to play this clip for you. This is uh, Good Morning Football on NFL Network with Kyle Brandt. Uh, it's a good show. I like Kyle Brandt in general. Uh, like Peter Schrager is on there a lot. They're good. It's a good show. Uh, this was Kyle Brandt yesterday or a Thursday, I should say, um, talking about the Browns-Eagles preseason game on Thursday night. And hear it for yourself. And I'm just going to be completely candid here, cards on the table. I still think the Cleveland Browns are difficult to talk about, let alone hype because of their quarterback. Mm. Look, Deshaun Watson, I, I believe, did some really creepy things off the field and then got the largest contract in NFL history. And it's part of the conversation. Look no further than the preseason game when the venerable Chris Collinsworth did his best attempt to describe what Deshaun Watson had gone through, chose words that people didn't like to describe it, and he was uh, criticized for it. That's merely just him trying to get the viewer up to speed of what went on in Deshaun Watson's life. I think it's difficult. You have to compartmentalize, and that's our job as broadcasters, and we do it almost every time with Deshaun Watson. 
Um, this, it's football. It's in the past. It's all of that. But as you as a human being or an NFL fan, you get to choose who you get to root for and whose jersey you get to buy. So if you're not comfortable buying Deshaun Watson's jersey or rooting for him or hyping him or drafting him on your fantasy team, I think that is part of the Browns' discussion. Maybe it'll become less so as we move on, yeah. certainly if they keep winning. But I would also look no further than I think it's difficult for the Browns to talk about Deshaun Watson. Look at the Browns' official Twitter accounts. It's not a lot of their star quarterback with the biggest contract in NFL history. He's there. But, like, if you look at the Bills with Allen or the Chargers with Herbert, it's like our quarterback. And it's the slow motion QB1. And stuff's not there. And, and, I, and I sympathize with those people who have to run that account because it is difficult. And the times they do put Deshaun Watson stuff, the comments are not pretty. And nor should they be. So I feel difficult because I feel, I, there's a lot of good people working for the Browns and a lot of good players. But this is part of the discussion. It's not yeah. something you just snap your fingers and say, yeah, I love it. I'm totally in. I love this guy. I love this team. It's very difficult to do. Gee, We're going to try to keep it to football. But it's, it's still hard. Okay. So there's so many things in this clip from Kyle Brandt that drive me crazy. Number one, most football fans, to me, whether you're a Browns fan or not, now obviously Browns fans don't want to hear about Deshaun Watson off the field anymore. What is the point? We we know all we're going to know to this point. If there's new information that comes out, that's reasonable to talk about. But at this point, this has been talked about for over a year. He says in that clip, well, people got mad at Chris Collinsworth. Uh, because he talked about the off-the-field stuff. And and Kyle Brandt says, well, he's just painting the picture. Why? Is there – what are the chances that somebody watching a Browns preseason fo- – a preseason football game poss- – between, between the Browns and Washington, what are the odds that somebody watching that game does not know the story of what happened? It's nearly impossible. If there's one person that didn't know, I'd be stunned. If you pay attention to sports at all, if you're related to someone who pays attention to sports at all, whether you're from Cleveland, Houston, wherever, you know the story. It was a huge story. It's been going on forever. Everybody knows. So to me, it wasn't necessary that that Chris Collinsworth talked about it. Now, Now, he said he had to. I don't believe now. Chris Collinsworth wants to talk about it. NBC or ESPN or Fox or CBS, they want to talk about it. That's fine. I'm not running their shows. They can do whatever the hell they want. But don't tell me you have to talk about it. No, you don't. If you only talk about something because you feel like you have to, then you're being disingenuous. Uh, later in the clip, I don't know if it's part of the clip we played, but later in, in when he was talking, he talks about, well, we got to be genuine here. Kyle Brandt ends up going on about it's hard to root for the Browns and it's hard to talk about the Browns. My first reaction with that was that he was full of shit. Now, maybe he's not. Maybe he really believes that. What I would like to know, though, is, and maybe he was. Maybe I missed it. Maybe I don't remember. It's entirely possible. Did Kyle Brandt find it hard to talk about the Steelers? Ben Roethlisberger was accused of rape. You say, well, but Ben Roethlisberger didn't go to jail. Neither did Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, and again, I'm not defending. I don't know what happened for sure. I have my own feelings on it. I've talked about it before. I don't want to adjudicate it. All I know is that in the court of law in Texas, Texas, no charges. Not enough evidence for charges. And let me make clear, I don't think he's completely innocent here. 
But the fact that uh, it's, I have a hard time talking about the Browns. If people don't want to draft Deshaun Watson on their fantasy team, I get it. Really? On your fantasy team? When you sit down to draft a fantasy team, are you worried about what players are doing off the field? Did we not want to draft Ben Roethlisberger? Did we not want to draft Joe Mixon? I mean, give me a break. First of all, there's probably, my guess is every single team in the NFL has had at least one player arrested or accused of something inappropriate, either physically or sexually. If it's not every team, it's got to be close. Now, again, I don't know if, if Kyle Brandt ever said anything about being uncomfortable talking about the Steelers. I don't remember it. I do kind of remember him waxing poetic about Ben Roethlisberger's career at the end. Nobody, When Ben Roethlisberger retired, there was nobody talking about what, what he was accused of. Nobody. I wasn't either. Because everybody knew it already. What's the point of still talking about it? People were waxing poetic about the great Ben Roethlisberger. So don't tell me, oh, I find it hard to talk about. Give me a break. Why do you find it hard to talk about? He's a football player. He's playing football. You're not asking him to, you, we're not asking Kyle Brandt to nominate the Deshaun Watson for the Good Guy Hall of Fame. Nothing's that hard to talk about. You talk about sports for a living just like I do. Nothing's really that hard to talk about. Give me a break. I mean, that was the biggest eye roll ever. That that feels like so sucking up to the to the crowd to some degree of the people that that don't want Deshaun Watson in the league or whatever. The bottom line is Deshaun Watson was suspended. He went through his suspension. He has, as far as we know, stayed out of any trouble in the last year. You could talk about it. You have every right, you as a fan that are listening to me right now, whatever team you root for, you don't want you don't want to root for Deshaun Watson. Fine. You don't want to buy your kid his jersey? Fine. I'm not buying my kid his jersey. You you think Deshaun Watson's a bad guy? That's up to you. Do whatever you want, but don't give me this nonsense about, oh, it's so hard to talk about him. And he also went in, in that clip saying, oh, the Browns are kind of downplaying Deshaun Watson. They are not. That's not true. Now, are they tweeting about him as much as the Chargers tweet about Justin Herbert? Maybe not. Probably not. But they're not downplaying him at all. I drive by um, Brown Stadium almost every day, or every weekday at least, uh, as my TV studio is a couple blocks away from the stadium. They've got a huge poster with Deshaun Watson right outside the building. Other players too, but he's up there. They're not downplaying him at all. They're not shying away from it at all. This is nonsense. Now, if 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 guys like Kyle Brandt want to get up on their their high horse and and tell us how hard it is, they have the right to do it. It's his job. He's successful. He's on a big show. It's a good show. I I, I find Kyle Brandt entertaining. I like him. But in this case, it comes off. It doesn't come off, come off as keeping it real. It comes off as playing to the crowd. And again, if I'm wrong, I'd love to see a video of him talking about how it was so hard to talk about the Steelers. Can we hear about that? Is it hard talking about the Bengals with Joe Mixon? And I'm a Bengals fan. I go to team to team and find you a guy who's a bad guy or has done something or has been accused of something. Is it hard talking about the Cowboys? They've had plenty of bad guys there. 
Give me a break. Oh. Now, one other thing I want to hit on today. New York baseball is a disgrace. Uh, the Mets and Yankees are both complete jokes. The Mets are 10 games under 500. They're horrendous with the largest payroll in the history of baseball. The Yankees are in dead last. They're under 500. They play with no guts and no heart. And Steinbrenner, what is the Monzo, if you're there, what's, what the hell is Steinbrenner's first name, the, the kid who runs the, the show? I can't think of his name. Uh, that would be Hal. Oh, Hal. Right, right, right. Hal, who's a big dope, who earned nothing in his life, took daddy's money and went with it. And usually people like that are dopes. Uh, that's that's probably an unfair generalization, but that's been my experience. Uh, Hal didn't earn his money, of course. Daddy gave it to him. Now, I'm curious. I, I, I want to speak to my New York people here for a minute. Is there a chance that Brian Cashman has some like questionable pictures with Hal Steinbrenner? Monzo, do you think that's possible? Uh, doubtful, but not impossible, I suppose. I mean, why on earth would Brian Ca- Hal Steinbrenner said Brian Cashman's job's not in trouble. Brian Cashman has been the GM of the Yankees for like 25 years, and they've had the highest payroll over that total. I didn't know. I know they didn't have the highest payroll this year, but over those 25 years, they've had they've spent the most money, and the Yankees won a bunch of World Series. Right, late 90s into 2000, those teams were put together by Gene Michael. Since then, in the last 20-something years, they've won one World Series. They've been, they haven't even, they've been knocked out of the playoffs early a million times. The team is a disaster. I told listen, I told you last time. I got plenty wrong, plenty right. We'll go over the whole thing after. I told you the Yankees wouldn't make the playoffs. They're not making the playoffs. They're an absolute trash baseball team. Uh, they're really worse than a team that's just one game under 500. There's no way they're going to the playoffs. They're a gutless, lifeless baseball team. They don't look like a team that could turn it around in a year. They've got a massive payroll. They're pitching. Think about this. You have maybe the best pitcher in baseball in Garrett Cole, maybe the best hitter in baseball in Aaron Judge, and you stink. Now, part of the reason for that is Judge missed a lot of time. He hasn't been good since he's since he's uh, been back. Uh, one excuse after the next. Brian Cashman is an awful GM. I've said for years he's the most overrated GM in sports. This year shows, without a doubt, that he should 100% be fired. The Yankees are terrible, and they're not going to get any better. All right? They're not going to get better because they're spending a lot of money on old players. Aaron Judge is injury prone. Stanton stinks. Anthony Rizzo, one of my all-time favorite players, he stinks. He's done, pretty much. DJ LeMayhew, done. Anthony Volpe got so much hype. He's a rookie. I'm not, you know, obviously not writing him off. He's been a nothing this year. So much hype for this guy. His o- his OPS is 680. Give me a break. That stinks. Harrison Bader, a nothing. Another overhyped player by the Yankees. Gliber Torres has done nothing since his hot start. They've got nobody playing well. They're pitching, injury-prone. Their bullpen's good. They don't have a one-lights-out guy. It's a good bullpen, but it doesn't do you any good. There's Rodon, hurt all year. Big shocker. Severino, shot. That guy's finished. 
Herman, bum. The Yankees are awful. How are they going to get better quickly? They still got all these terrible contracts. Isaiah, Isaiah Kiner Falefa, awful. Catcher, nothing, nothing. Josh Donaldson's still on the roster. He's useless. They are a trash baseball team. Absolute trash. And and the Mets are no better. They're not getting off the hook here. And bad job out of me. I thought the Mets would be good. What an idiot I was. I was dead on with the Yankees, and I was dead wrong with the Mets. They're a disgrace, too. I, I don't understand. Neither of these teams is going to fire a manager or a GM. $300 million payrolls. The Mets are a game ahead of Washington. I hope both teams finish last. I really do. They're both disgusting baseball teams. I think you're being a little unfair with the Mets. Really? Because they've given up. They've admit they've given up. And yeah. You know, the Yankees still were going for it and gotten worse. The Mets. What do you mean they, they admit they give it? They, the players don't give up. The players shouldn't oh, quit. They, they sold off. They kind of admitted this is a little bit of a. Well, so, but Monzo, so did, is Washington going for it? No, but they weren't in a position to win either. But the the fact that the Mets were in a position to sell because they were so bad and did such a terrible job putting together this team, Buck Walter stinks. I mean, he won 100 games last year. <laughs> and what did that do? I'm not, what did that do? They lost. They did nothing. They didn't win the division. Got knocked out first round. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying you can't expect them to win many games now. Now, now it's over. Well, now, I don't care how many games they win now. They've been, you know, a bunch of games under 500 for a while. Why? But I should, should they be, they're not any worse than Washington is. They're not any wor- worse than these other teams. They, this team was flawed from the beginning. I'm mad at myself for not seeing it. Verlander, Scherzer, not that good anymore. Carlos Carrasco stinks. Senga's okay. Their bullpen's not any good. They wasted money on Edwin Diaz. I know he got hurt, but I said it before he got hurt. Spending huge money on a closer is stupid. Lindor is still a really good player, but he's not a superstar. Alonzo's a superstar. Superstar. He's the only player worth anything. And our former colleague, Sal Licata, wants to trade him out of New York. Give Sal a little shout out there. there supposedly he's a cancer in the locker room. I, 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 have, I don't know if that's true or not. Maybe it's true. I just think he's the only good he's the only good player there. The Mets are stupid. They broke the bank on Brandon Nimmo. Well, I look, I, I've been kill on Twitter for forever saying Brandon Nimmo's a fourth outfielder at best. So I'm not gonna get Nimmo. My point is, yes, yeah, you kill yeah. the Mets for the Verlander signing, the Scherzer signing, but at least they've seemed to have righted those wrongs and admitted, okay, that was a mistake. We're trying to move forward now. Well, but they but are they but how are they going to move forward? Let's see. What what are they moving forward with? Who's pitching for them next year? Senga. What's their starting rotation well, going to be? I would next assume year? that the, the owner who has got a you know makes a little less money than you will certainly <laughs> find a way to fill out the rotation. Okay, well, let's see. I mean, they filled it with old guys this year. What are they going to do next year? I mean, are they going to have a four hundred million? Do they have to have a five hundred million? They sign Otani. Because if they don't sign Otani, who are they getting? The the rest of the – there's no good for – I mean, Julio Urias, they're going to sign him. I mean, the Dodgers are going to let him go. I don't know. Who are the rest of the free agent pitchers? Charlie Morton's going to be 40. Kershaw's a free agent. He ain't going anywhere. And that's it. 
they're not going to, I mean, again, I guess, I guess they could go after Otani. Uh, Aaron Nola, maybe, uh, Sonny Gray. I don't, I mean, are they going to just spend, put more money on top of the problem? They're going to sign more free agents. I don't know. You know, spending money on 30 year old pitchers is not smart. I should have known that. That's a bad job out of me because these guys, I mean, the, the Met, both teams stink. I don't know why I care. I mean, I don't root for either team, but both teams stink. And I, I hope they do. I hope they continue to stink because they're arrogant. Met Yankee fans have gotten too arrogant. Uh, and, and it's out of control. And both, and both teams are an absolute disgrace at their payroll level. An absolute disgrace. But the Yankees are worse. I'll give you that. Because, well, I don't know that they're worse. At least, at least the Mets tried to do something. I'll give you that. Now, don't tell me they made great trades. I don't want to hear from people they made great trades. You don't know if these guys are any good. Everybody saying the Mets made great trades don't know shit about the minor leagues. We'll see if the guys they traded for turn out to be good players. We've heard this before. You know who, uh, by the way, the Mets, the, the best minor leaguer that's been in the Mets system is now with the Cubs probably. We'll see if he's going to be good. But he's the, 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 the kid the Cubs got from the Mets whose name is now escaping me, of course, even though I'm a Cubs Pete fan. Pete Crow Armstrong. Uh, Pete Crow Armstrong. It looks is a way better prospect than any of the guys the Mets got in these, these trades here. Way better. But, of course, what everybody does in New York fans and media like is overhypes their prospects as if they have the best prospects, which they don't. Yankees have no prospects. The Mets, uh, the Mets didn't get any elite prospects in this deal, in those two deals. They got three nice prospects. We'll see if they pan out. They're not short things. Nobody's a short thing. Pete Crow Armstrong's not a short thing either. But he's more of a thing than those guys. I'll tell you that. All right, folks. Thanks to everybody for listening. I'm fired up today, obviously. Thanks to Monzo for producing. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Where else? Right here in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. Thanks for listening to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network.